the Texas flag, I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible. All right. Next up is public comments and announcements. Um, if you're all here about some of the rezoning items, there will be a public hearing, which you all can speak for or against, uh, so you don't need to do that now. Um, I've got kind of a list of public comments to make. Uh, we just got our January hot tax in. That was um, up. December sales tax was up. Uh, we just completed a legislation trip to Austin, and I want to give thanks to uh, the offices of San, uh, Senator Middleton, Senator Lamantia, Speaker Phelan, uh, General Land Commissioner Buckingham, Representative Lopez, Representative Gomez, and um, House Chair uh, Canales. We had some great discussions regarding the Second Causeway, beach renourishment, and keep your eye on Senator Middleton. He's going to be filing some... Uh, changes to TWIA, which could hopefully be positive. Uh, also keep your eye on Senate, Senate Bill 343. It's kind of like getting into some privatization of beaches. Um, let's see here. We also have Warrant Roundup that's starting 3-4 and March 4th. And if you are, if someone has a ticket and wants to voluntarily come to court to pay it, they will not be arrested at court, but they could be arrested if they don't come, if they have a warrant out for their arrest. Um, and then last week we got notice from TxDOT that um, the causeway repairs should be finished by March 7th. I know this weekend was an absolute disaster, and uh, again, you know, TxDOT's doing its best to keep our bridge open and well-maintained. Uh, and so we appreciate that fact. And if you have any complaints, reach out about why we need a second access because that's, it, it shows that. Um, anybody else from the board have any special uh, comments or announcements? Mayor, I'd like to give uh, another shout out that this is the third week of, of, of the last four, the three we have filled that multi-ton uh, recycle truck before 930. And I want to thank the council and uh, city manager for helping uh, get this trailer because without it we wouldn't we wouldn't have had it. But this 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 here was before 10:30. We had the truck full, the trailer full. They were working on the pickup. But again, thank you. Anybody else from council have any comments or announcements? I have a couple. Okay. Uh, just to. Further, your comment about the bridge. <clears throat> so I just want to remind everybody, uh, when the bill, bridge was built years and years ago, it had a lifespan, and we're beyond that lifespan expectancy. So, yeah, we have to put up with a lot. Construction has to go on. It's got to be maintained. Otherwise, we lose the bridge, and it is an inconvenience. Uh, there's been comments made of why aren't they working at night. Sometimes they do, but at night, I think everybody will agree, it's not a very safe time to work on that bridge. We have trouble getting people across the bridge without wrecking in the daytime. So <clears throat> this project is going to continue. Uh, this phase of it will end March 7th, according to the tech spot. Now, 
it's their bridge. Now, we have tried to work with them, tried to speed things up, but, you know, uh, it, it, they own the bridge. Same thing with our um, Padre Boulevard, which brings me to my second subject. There's been a lot of discussion about the flashing pedestrian lights that are yellow. <clears throat> I want you to know that we as a city have reached out to TxDOT numerous times with varying ideas and plans to put like maybe a flashing red light. Um, I know at least five times we've submitted plans. TxDOT owns the boulevard and they have denied us each time. Some changes have taken place recently and we're now reaching out again with additional plans. Randy has been on this for the last couple of years. <clears throat> we understand the need uh, that flashing yellow light, when they push it, it gives pedestrians a false sense of security because I've witnessed it and you have too. People do not stop. We've asked them to put road markers. We've asked them to let us put a flashing red when it changes, a solid red. We've always so far been denied, <laughs> but we haven't given up. We're trying to address that. So I just want to let everybody know what we're doing on that. We are working on it. I would like to just piggyback on that because I did uh, respond to some social media stuff reminding everybody just exactly what Carrie said. And I said, you know, hey, you know, the squeaky wheel many times is what gets things done. So any of y'all, I offered, you want to send text messages, letters, emails to me, the city will forward them or you know, contact TxDOT yourself. Like if a bunch of people start contacting TxDOT, that might help, I don't know. That would be my suggestion. Okay. Anybody from staff have any public comments or announcements? Anybody from the public have any pub comments or announcements? If you could please line up over here and when you get in front of the screen, mark, mark, uh, state your name, please. My name is Jim Grizzard, and I'm on the board of directors of Gulf Gordians. Uh, over the last three years, my wife and I have been collecting trash from the beaches South Padre Island, and uh, we've collected in excess in three years of over uh, 580 pounds of trash. In short, uh, going to the cans, I noticed that about 50 to 70 percent of the trash in the cans are aluminum cans, and uh, highly recyclable, and uh, I've contacted the local uh, scrap yards and they've said they'll pay up to 65 cents a pound which is approximately 20 cans so the proposal that uh, we're hoping to make uh, some of the other groups in this valley have uh, joined us uh, Texas Master Naturalist and uh, the Keep South Padre Clean effort as well as Gulf Guardians and a few others uh, the proposal is a pilot project uh, we, I know you can't make any response to this but wanted to present it today um, to put a secondary can bes beside three of the uh, beach cans that are out there um, that, that has a can-sized hole. It says aluminum cans only. And uh, do a pilot project to see what happens, especially over uh, our upcoming um, vacation that's coming. So, uh, And in that, hopefully, this could be uh, not only to reduce the volume of the trash, and, uh, but the people who collect that trash could actually have an economic incentive because they could take that or however the city wanted to do it. And uh, there would be a significant amount of funds generated from that 
uh, the cost for this would be borne by uh, Gulf Guardians or myself to purchase the cans, place them there, and personally collect them uh, for a period of three weeks and then provide that data back to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good evening, Council and visitors. Uh, in response to the flashing lights, I witnessed two pedestrians that literally got knocked down this past week. Uh, Randy, and I'll ask you this, has, uh, has the TxDOT said anything about furthering those flashing lights any further on Padre Boulevard due to the fact of the amount of traffic? We're not supposed to answer anything right now and get engaged if you no remember problem. the concept. But if you get with me after the meeting, I'll give you some good details and you can spread the word. Thank you very much. Uh, at the same time, uh, I do want to thank the council uh, for getting the information out about our upcoming uh, population boom uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I do want to, uh, you know, state that uh, I've been here for 10 years, and the most important thing that I have witnessed in these last three years are people saying they're glad to see the council in the island getting back to a family resort. Thank you. Again, my name was Barry Sullivan, Tiki Condominiums. I'm a resident. Apologize for not stating that beginning. Thank you. Anybody else from the audience have any public comments or announcements? I'm Dennis Frankie. I just went through the agenda, and I think I'm yeah, not on this agenda. You're not, no. And, and I, I, we were in Austin, and there was a whole bunch of stuff that kind of got messed so up. We, but you will be on the next agenda on the 322, I think it is? Mm -hmm. Yes, March 22nd. I'm sorry about that. Very good. Okay. okay. There's a couple of things that didn't make it, so. I'll make a report on the museum at that time. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. May I have already drafted an amendment for the board's consideration when that item comes up? Dennis. 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 I already have drafted an amendment that was requested for the board's consideration when that item comes up, and I could send you a copy. Okay, please do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. No more public comments. We'll close this session, and we'll move to approve consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve consent agenda items 5.1 through 5.8? So moved. Oh, I'm sorry. Presentation. Steve, I was going to go all over you, so, or not Steve, Victor. Okay, sorry, your presentation to that. Good evening, Mayor, City Council members. Victor Baldovino is Pride Environmental Health Director. At this time, I'd like to introduce Ray Carrillo from Public uh, Republic Services that uh, will have a short presentation for you all and can answer any questions that you all have. Ray? Thank you, Victor. Mayor, Commissioners, good evening. As uh, Victor stated, my name is Ray Carrillo. I'm the Municipal Service Manager here in the Rio Grande Valley. With me is Ben Gonzalez. Ben is the supervisor that takes care of your fine city. Um, I'm not sure who controls this. It's, is that something that I do? Okay, so uh, just briefly, I won't bore you with uh, too much of a death by PowerPoint, right? <laughs> We've been serving the city of South Pride Island proudly since 1981, and we'd like to thank you the council as well as Mr. Smith for all of the help that you've given us throughout this uh, tenure here. The city staff, Mr. Smith, along with namely 
Victor and Edgar have done a phenomenal job in communicating with us. They're very accessible. So I thank you all for that. And, uh, you know, it comes from, from leadership, right? So I appreciate you folks uh, making, the, making them as accessible as they have been. Um, I'm not sure if you are aware that the city of South Padre Island is leading the way in recycling here in South Texas. Although other cities do provide that service, no one does it like you guys. I've had uh, several uh, local communities reach out to me to uh, ask about how they can increase their recycling programs or even begin one, right? So uh, internally, we've had uh, communications even come down from corporate about like, what are these guys doing, right? We want to make sure that we're able to uh, take this and copy it throughout other, not, not just here locally in the Rio Grande Valley, but throughout, right? Uh, so I, I know, Mr. Menders, you've, you've taken a leadership role in that, so I, I do appreciate that. Uh, we are in the process currently of, and I'm not at liberty to say which cities, but uh, starting a full-size curbside citywide recycling program. And if we do that, we're going to be able to have our uh, recycle, a full-service recycling center here in the valley that will be housed in Cameron County. Uh, so that should alleviate any issues that we have with uh, travel or delays or anything like that. I know that them does a great job of making sure the Saturdays go off without a hitch. Um, and that trailer that you all uh, approved the purchase of has, has done wonders, right? So people are interested in this type of program. And uh, it shows with the number uh, the volume that, that we're seeing here. So kudos to you folks for that. Excuse me. And that was on, this is, was actually on our Earth Day, I believe, uh, of last year. And uh, we, we do have a great turnout, not just for these events, but as you saw last week, uh, last weekend, uh, it's increasing every week. So that's great news for all of us, right? Anything we can keep from going into the landfill and reuse, the better. As you all know, uh, over the last couple of years, there's been uh, an increase in the cost of doing business. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it here. Uh, everything from fuel, labor, uh, we've increased our wages for our drivers significantly to, it's always, it always works best for us when we've got tenured or veteran employees that are driving those trucks and that know these routes and they know the community that they service. They live in the communities that they service, right? So we've also seen an increase in vehicle maintenance and supplies. With that said, uh, this year's increase that uh, takes effect, I believe, March 1st, uh, is at 4%. Uh, and just to give you an idea, there are several cities here that go well beyond that. Uh, because they didn't, I, I'm not sure, I think Mr. Smith and Victor, you helped negotiate a, uh, a ceiling on that price increase. Yeah. So um, I think uh, the community should be glad that you did because I've seen some upwards of 18, oh, I'm sorry, 8.9%, one that had to be negotiated that was as, as high as 15 that we, we had to, you know, work with, right? But uh, you guys did a great job of that. 
any questions on that or details are provided to you in the index? No, I think that cap's what, four and a half? Or it's a 4% cap, okay. Say that again? I thought the cap was 4.5%, but it's 4%. No, no, it was it's, renegotiated it's again. Yeah. Okay. 4%. Well, don't tell them if it's 4.5%. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, in fact, Mr. Smith was uh, wise enough to call that out to me specifically because I, I also thought it was at 4.5%. And he brought it to our attention that, you know, it had been renegotiated. Good job, Randy. Victor, any, <laughs> any comments that you folks have? Any uh, service issues that you'd like to bring up that we can help you with or help you address? It, it's not a service issue. It's just a plug for Republic. Uh, the, the, the quality and the, the class of folks, but just the day in, day out on Saturdays. This guy, Oscar, you, you, need, to, you need to can him. I mean, he can him and you can sell him. <laughs> not only does he know the residents, not only does he talk, can and sell him, because yeah. not only does he know the residents and talk to them, we feed dog biscuits. We're on our six box, 15 pound box, and we know them, and Oscar knows the name of some of the dogs. But you can't hire, you can't pay for loyal employees like that. Right, and uh, it goes a long way. We received an award from the city during uh, the last, I don't know if it was Earth Day or, or shortly after, thereafter, and we presented him with it, right? Because quite honestly, this, this is my job, right? So I don't know the ins and outs of what they do, even though I've done it, I'm, I'm not there every day, right? And I'm not there every Sunday, so, or I'm sorry, Saturday. One Saturday at 9.25, that truck was full, and we were all kind of looking at each other. And about 9.31, the gentleman right back there showed up and got us, you know, going with the, with the white bags. Otherwise, you know, we'd have had an hour and a half of Yeah, so I, I, I appreciate hearing that, and I can tell you that we're all very proud of Ben and the work that he's done here. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd like to ask a question um, for the public and to make sure that I understand, unless something's changed. You know, lots of people ask me about recycling. I'm out and about, and they're asking like they do all of us. But um, is it... Is it still that a residence can get, uh, they can pay extra to have a recycling yes. trash can? That's a, at on their... a subscription basis. Right. Uh, it may not seem like a lot, but uh, when we first started this program, Duke, I believe that there was only seven subscribers, and we're up beyond 40. Okay. Right, so that's almost a 600% increase. And uh, it's, it's going to continue to grow, right? And what about, I mean, I guess it would be almost impossible, though, like the condominium complexes, the larger ones, not talking about the smaller ones, but the larger ones to have recycling bins there also with their other large bins. Maybe it's a, there's not enough room. I, I don't know if it would be possible. I, I'm not sure either. I think it, it would probably be a case, case by case basis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult for me to address something like that. But, uh, but they should has, reach has out. It been, has it been done before? Yes. It okay. Been, been done before. Okay. So that's good to know. That is available. All right. Good. Is there anything else, folks? Can you put that chart back up there again, real quick, just so we can kind of let the public know what their new bill is going to be? Because sure. I haven't gotten my bill yet. But so if you'll, if one of the things you, want, you may notice, the increase was actually four point two four percent. Can we get the PowerPoint? Oh, I apologize. Your point. 
So it was actually 4.24%. And as I said, in the city's wisdom, a few years back, they capped it at 4%. So it's going to, the new rate's going to be the 898 plus the 146, 13 plus the 2259. Right. That's the, okay. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we'll move to item number five, which is approved consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve consent agenda 5.1 through 5.8? So moved. Second. All in favor, please say aye. Oh, raise your hands. Aye. Motion approved. All right. 6.1. Update and presentation by the Atkins Group regarding the branding refresh project. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, Blake Henry, CVB Director. As you may recall, uh, our branding refresh project was approved by CVA Board and City Council in October. I'm happy to report that that project has been completed with the help of our CVB team, uh, several community uh, uh, stakeholders who dedicated their time and sat on this branding uh, committee with uh, Steve and the tag team leading the charge. This, uh, this initiative was a lengthy one. It encompassed a lot of community input, great ideas and discussion, uh, and helped us define who we are as a destination brand with, and provided clarity for all visual and uh, verbal identity. So with that, uh, I'd like to introduce my friend, Mr. Steve Atkins, and, all, and he'll give a, a presentation on all the great work that uh, this team did. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Mayor and Council, thank you. It's an opportunity. I haven't been here uh, in a while, so it's an honor to be before you uh, and, and to share some of this work. I think Blake uh, completed the first 10 pages of this 200-page presentation, so we'll shorten <laughs> up for you, but I want to reinforce the fact that we had 14 to 15 community residents, business owners, people that just came to every single meeting. They provided their input, their knowledge, their experience, commentary from friends, neighbors, visitors, uh, and customers, and that kind of thing, and it was really, really invaluable uh, to join our team <clears throat> with that stakeholder group, and they just, they, they were consistent and they never missed all of these different meetings and research opportunities, so it was a really terrific thing. And, you should appreciate the people that really care on this island. They do. They really, really do. So thank you. So as Blake mentioned, we're going to present to you this brand refresh. And uh, I'll read a couple of these things uh, because they're, they're explicit and they're important. This document, a little bit of a disclaimer, is to provide clarity, as Blake said, for the visual and verbal identity of South Padre Island. So a brand, when a brand is consistent and it has a character that becomes well-known, well-understood, and trusted, that's far more powerful than campaign messaging, right? You can change a campaign, you can refresh creative, you can do all those kinds of things, but, but who you are, what you are, what you stand for is really what's uh, critical. And that's what's been crafted in this work is the purpose and what South Padre Island stands for, where it has the potential to be going and should be going, and this guide is going to inform all of the in internal and external communications and beyond even the Commission of Visitors Bureau standpoint, it, it really can represent the island from an economic development standpoint, business uh, opportunity standpoint, that kind of thing. So we'll begin with um, the brand guidelines uh, that were established in this uh, completed project. 
we began with the group, and again, the uh, Atkins Group uh, team members, and I do want to introduce D'Amica Lopez, account supervisor with the agency that's been uh, stalwart in her work effort of leading uh, a variety of our team members here, too. Thank you, D'Amica. So we all began in the belief of this that has been articulated several times in uh, the 15 or 16 years that I've had the honor to be a part and a resident of South Padre Island. Uh, it's the best place in Texas to enjoy a tropical island escape. So that's where we began, and that, that can't be wrong, but is it substantial enough and is it ownable as an idea that's powerful enough to communicate a brand that forevermore will just continue to have this core essence and the things we'll talk about in guidelines. So we began here. I do want to say this next visual may surprise you a bit, but we, like sailors of ancient times, we look for things that we call the North Star. What is the potential trajectory? What, what should be leading uh, our path and our, our thinking and thought processes? And uh, this is something that came from that, and I think it's pretty powerful. The strategic North Star that's in this branding uh, content is for South Padre Island to become the jewel of the Gulf Coast. A couple of important words there. Uh, it is a jewel. I mean, this extraordinary paradise is remarkable. It is a true island. But it's more than something in the state of Texas. It really is something remarkable to the Gulf Coast. So that's just a, a trajectory, a, a potential vision statement and all that I wanted to share with you. It's an, it's, no, it's an inside joke. Oh, okay. the, that's what the judge calls. Well, you'll have to tell me later. The judge calls Cameron uh, South Padre the jewel of Cameron County. Well, it's the jewel of the entire Gulf Coast, and we can actually prove that up, but I'll continue. So the purpose and the mission of all this brand work, of course, is and for the articulation of the messaging for South Padre Island is to provide a, a year-round island escape for families uh, from everywhere. Uh, we know that the population of Texas is growing by almost 500 new family uh, households per year since 2020, 500,000. I mean, it's a remarkable number of people that have come from California, number one, Florida, number two, uh, Oklahoma, Louisiana, up the uh, upper Midwest, certainly, you know, uh, Maryland and, and the, the Northeast area. And our uh, component of our agency, which is Predictive Data Lab, and I think many of you have heard from Carlos Casas, our, our CEO there, uh, all the analytics and metrics and, and the reporting they do to predict the future of things, the, the, the activity of consumers and how their behaviors and sentiment changes uh, is really remarkable. But we have a whole lot of new people to talk to that's really right in our own backyard in the state now. Didn't you yes, say 138,000 of that 500 is the San Antonio area, San Antonio Coast? Yeah, if you look at, if you're familiar with the San Antonio area and the northern area of, uh, uh, of San Antonio as it bridges into the hill country. So Bernie, which is spelled in a very odd way, B-O-E-R-N-E, but Bernie on, on the west-hand side and this arc that goes through like Dripping Springs and everything south of Austin to back to New Braunfels area, that is about 138,000, so almost 18 to 20 percent of uh, what's been coming into new population here. And, and by the way, the per capita wealth, the average per capita wealth of these people is about 22 percent higher than the median average that existed in the area before. So not, not just here, but Midland, El Paso, I mean, it's remarkable what uh, new higher level of income and expenditure, uh, disposable income that they have, and certainly want to travel. And they, these are people that probably do not know, like many people, that this is a jewel of the Gulf Coast, that this island is a remarkable place. So 
we're, we're looking forward to uh, extending that reach. Uh, embrace the island vibe was a key element of these four values that, that we uh, addressed in, in the branding uh, process. South Padre Island is a paradise. It has a feeling that's very unique and special. Uh, we are true to who we are. So that's part of the character and the, and the brand power that will exist uh, when this all rolls forward. Uh, we, we do try to make it easy here. I mean, the whole opportunity and obligation of people on this island, and especially in, in uh, behalf of the visitors, is that we want to improve their experience here. We want to make it the best it can be. And making it easy is part of that, but it's also really rewarding and, and, and positive in every way. And that's the next key point of the values of this brand, is positivity breeds happiness and optimism and that kinds of things. So it draws people in, and we're going to steer away from negativity and, and conflict and those kinds of things, which is what the island could and, and could do. And we're certainly going to focus on fun as the final value, to make opportunities in every form uh, possible. It's our mantra and our calling is people to come here and really enjoy the, the time. So from that, and I'll read this thoroughly because it really, this is the story. If you publish the story, this is it in, in, in totality. You feel it the moment you drive over the causeway, that genuine island vibe welcoming you like an old friend. South Padre Island, the only place in Texas with emerald clear water, warm tropical weather, and miles of beautiful beaches. It really does have something for everyone. Whether you come for the beach, the food, nature, active sports, or just to soak up sun and relax, you'll find your heart, everything it's been longing for for a while. Because this can be your island. And on your island, you can do anything, be anyone, it's just a wonderful place to be, to take it easy, and to be yourself. So that's our brand story. Getting into the brand essence, a few key words to uh, drive and, and, and capture in that regard. Easy, fun, safe, remote, escape, joy, carefree, beach, uh, unconventional, uh, belonging, laughter, happiness, adventure, excitement. I mean, it's so many different emotional factors that can uh, come into the character of this brand. The island soul, we described it as the entertainer, the fun maker. It's the ones uh, who bring to light and joy to the world for people to come to visit here. Uh, and we're the eternal optimists, the ones who see the bright side, no matter what challenges we face with Queen Isabella Causeway and that kind of thing. To be able to, to get to be here is a big driver, and we want to further stimulate that. We live in the present for the moment. We have fun. We bring others along in our merriment, whether they're part of our group or, or just experiencing the spirit of all the enjoyment that uh, any individual group is having. We do think outside of the box, and we color outside of the lines. I think that's pretty much the character of South Padre Island. We do color outside of the lines. We stay up late, have a good time, we cut loose, we dance the night away. So those are uh, uh, some elements that are really, really important about the essence of the brand. The brand voice, when we begin to articulate written co communication and copy, it should always be written from a standpoint of, and this is a, this is a nice descriptor, a cruise director. You've never been exposed to people that are more engaging, uh, kind of in your face for fun, finding out what you want to do, what you could do, what you could enjoy, and all that, than a cruise director. So that's kind of the language that's going to help uh, guide us with a welcoming attitude. And we don't want to be overly tedious and shouldn't explain to the reader too in depth. I mean, it's it's kind of easy to begin to understand once we remain consistent with this brand. The topics will, f will focus on enjoyment, having fun, being optimistic. The tense should be first person and present. We're excited about the Sandcastle Festival today. We're, we're excited to be the national cook your catch 
uh, destination in uh, all of the world. <laughs> I mean, we own that. Uh, those things are great as active voices. So the three boxes kind of show, here, here's some of the guidelines for articulation of messages that we will always use, sometimes use, which are kind of different. They're funny, braggadocious, sarcastic, sometimes snarky or colloquial and quirky uh, beyond the happy and entertaining and welcoming and enthusiastic. But here's the never. We're never going to portray boring or tedious or pessimistic or overly technical or cold, distant, mean, and nasty. So again, these are important guidelines for the brand voice. We have eight content pillars that really captures and our, our stakeholders uh, really, really did uh, support us in, in these aspects of saying, we need to really continue to be about family fun. There was some very nice commentary as this uh, uh, activity started this evening here, and it really is remarkable what all we have, even in the range of uh, what we call a hub-and-spoke visitor, where they come and they're going to stay several days and nights on South Padre Island, but they may go to the Brownsville Zoo. They may uh, get out on the Black Dragon. Or they, uh, they, they, they may do you know, sandcastle lessons or, or do something else. But they're also going to find extraordinary culinary uh, offerings here, uh, fresh seafood, that cook-your-catch aspects, chef features, uh, microbrewery, and all of the island favorites. Fishing, remarkable fishing here uh, that a lot of us try to do frequently. <laughs> in the bay, offshore, uh, surf casting, those kinds of things. So that's that uh, number three. Education uh, is also here. Between art space and the opportunities that now exist with homeschooling, which, by the way, since not 2020, about midway through 2020, homeschooling has increased in the volume of population in the United States by 381% homeschooling. And there used to be three major homeschooling curriculum companies. Now there's nine. So we know how to reach those finite audiences. And homeschooling is something they can do here, enjoy the beach for hours during the day, school, have hands-on learning, all those kinds of things. So between SpaceX and Sandcastle Trail, Artsy Gallery, Native Plant Center, et cetera, it's wonderful. Uh, outdoor activities, uh, who, can, who, can, who can top us with water sports and other things like uh, a golf club just in resort right next door to us, horseback riding, surfing, uh, sup boarding, yoga on the beach, kiteboarding, and scuba, et cetera. Nightlife, we have an exciting nightlife and a lot of options for live music, uh, catamaran cruises, just bars, dancing, karaoke, all of that stuff that engages audiences a lot. And certainly from the aspect of spring break, which is one of our content pillars that can't be ignored, there's a wealth of seasonal content about spring break island, and a lot of it has been featuring in the last uh, seven, about seven or eight years, family spring break activity. And that, 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 that shift in the percentage of family versus uh, collegiate or, or school uh, uh, exiting uh, young people is, is shifting, and that's great. That's great. Families are growing again, and there's a lot of... Uh, uh, things about family sentiment and and uh, things that are that are uh, uh, creating the way in which we need to kind of control our user-generated content and some of the things that come on to social media. From a nature tourism standpoint, the the RGB reef and turtles Inc. and birding center, dolphin watching. I mean, the Laguna Atascosa Wildlife Refuge, Laguna Madre Nature Trail. I mean, all those things again just create a really substantial pillar. If you're constructing a building and it's going to be on pillars, these eight pillars are really, really strong. And South Padre Island does a good job of being able to own them in this brand story. And then we get down to our key messages. So your tropical island escape is a, a 
group of four words that kept coming up and uh, over and over again in some of our sessions, especially with uh, stakeholders here, saying, we, we are, South Padre Island is the true island getaway, right? For people, it, it really feels like an island. There's a big bay on one side, there's a big span of beach on the other side, which is really the best beach uh, in, 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 again, we think in the Gulf Coast, but certainly in this area with emerald waters, clean and pristine sand, it's just wonderful. The sandcastle capital of the world, water sports, horseback riding, lounging under umbrella, whatever you want. There's that easy thing again, too, that goes into our key messages. Affordable options from lodging to, to attractions, culinary variety that's fantastic, safe, family-friendly community, and just kind of be yourself with zero expectations from anyone else around you. Something for everyone, the island can be and should be enjoyed year-round. My goodness, pulled onto the island today from what was coming in as cool weather uh, up in some other uh, northern states that I was in recently. <laughs> and I jumped from the area of 17 degrees to 87 degrees here. It was really delightful to get here. The best fishing uh, in the area by far, music beats, meets the beach. Nature is on full display all the time. So those are some of the key messages, and I'm going to finish this out real quickly so I don't take too much of your time uh, with mechanical aspects that are really important, and that is logo usage guideline. Oftentimes when an ad agency of any type or a marketing firm uh, come into play, one of, the, one of the thumbprints they want to put on it is, Mr. and Mrs. Client, you, you need to have a new logo. Your logo's been in place for X number of years, you need a new logo. The thing they don't take time to contemplate, however, that really is critical is, what is that going to cost? What, what, what is that dramatic change? Is it powerful enough to signal something from the, the patch of a shirt that, that's gonna completely compel people to come here, but it is gonna cost us 500,000 to a million dollars once we do water towers and beach lifeguard stations and trash cans and sidewalks and I mean, they, we can't disregard that and, and our team did not. So you'll see what we did do to enhance, just like we were with the brand refresh, uh, the logo usage guidelines. <clears throat> Here's the logo and the tagline. The, the three umbrellas provide a subtle connection to the beach. They symbolize shade and protection along with their colors. Now we're gonna talk in a, in a moment a little bit more about how we, how, what emphasis we thought the colors should have of the ocean, the vibe, and the sunshine. But to modify the logo in any way would just weaken the, the consistency of it, so we really want to strengthen this. And, and with these minor changes that we're recommending, they can live side by side as other things weather and deteriorate and, and are ready for <clears throat> not a huge new upfront expense, but, but uh, just an update. And to modify the logo, we'll, we'll give these guidelines in just a moment. But the tagline, South Padre Island is your island escape, gives you a sense of that ownership. And it, again, reinforces the fact that it is an island. And you really can get away here. It's, it's really terrific. So here are the colors as we kind of rejiggered them a bit. And we define them as ocean blue, vibe pink, and sunshine yellow. And those are the three key parts, really, of the brand character of the island and what you can experience when you, when you get here, too. And then we have all the technical aspects of CMYK and RGB and HEX and <clears throat> all of this. And then we had the Pantone uh, colors for Island Aqua Dark and Island Aqua uh, as the backdrop for part of the, the logo element. 
So then we give definitive uh, uh, application as to how to use the logo and the tagline appropriately, whether it's in a white background or the island aqua background or the island aqua dark background. And we certainly give some incorrect uh, usage demonstrations here to, uh, to, to guide everyone on keeping it consistent. So with that, I'm going to ignore the other 191 pages. And uh, thank you for your time. And I'll be happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody from council have any questions? Just a, a point, because yes. <laughs> the island's changed quite a bit regarding the hotels and all that. We now have some very, very nice signature hotels that appeals to the corporate traveler and their rewards program, uh, to right. name like the Hilton and the Marriott. And uh, it should be uh, maybe some emphasis uh, for the corporate world as it come to the island to escape that cut your tie off kind of thing. So absolutely, I just, and I think that's a wonderful point, Terry. And and we we really have an industry term for that that has evolved much like homeschooling uh, as as a trend was shifting dramatically, and that's leisure, which is kind of business and leisure at the same time. Uh, so it doesn't really apply just to the children, school-aged children, where the parents are taking them wonderful places for hands-on experiences, but continuing with curriculum learning from an online standpoint. Uh, business can be conducted like that, too. So those kinds of uh, brand name uh, properties are great. Uh, I think the, the vacation rental uh, aspects is, it is get, becoming more and more organized and hopefully consistent with uh, providing product and experience that people can expect. That's why we think this can be the jewel of the Gulf Coast. I mean, it really is something that's that can't be duplicated easily. Wouldn't you love that task? Thanks for comment. Anything else? Mayor, I, I'll just make, make a quick comment. This is going off three three times. You mentioned sandcastle days. Yes, sir. And you're fully aware of Port A and their sandcastle days. Sure. Days, thousands of, of people right. on that beach. Right. And the exhibitors and whatnot. And the other thing, you didn't mention, but in, in, Blake's mentioned it several times, is the collegiate volleyball. Absolutely. We've got 2,000 motel rooms. We could have tournaments here from on and on. And we've actually been talking about those things throughout some of my, my years here, but it really takes now dedicated efforts to them. And I think the brand is really like in construction. The architecture is finished. It, it details the foundation, the structure, and, you know, uh, support beams for it, but yeah, the messaging needs to get right to those things so we can create new channels of business for the, for the visitation here. Well, I want to appreciate all your hard work, all the, the 14 and 15 community members that consistently showed up, CBB, it, it was a great presentation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mayor. Thank you all very much. All right, next up is 6.2, presentation and acknowledgement of receipt of the 2022 Racial Profiling Report. Chief. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, Claudine O'Carroll, Police Chief. Um, as required by law, Code of Criminal Procedure, I need to submit a racial profiling report to TCO, the commission, and also to the governing body of the city every year. So this is your 2022's racial profiling report. In there, uh, just remember that you're only accepting when you when you accept it, you're only voting to accept the report. You're not accepting the details of the report. 
So you're just accepting the report and then you can individually look at that and get with the chief and the department over there if you have any additional concerns after further review. Is there a motion to accept the report? I make a motion to accept the report. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. All in favor, please raise your hands. Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you very much. All right, next up is item number 6.3, which is discussion and action to approve the draft of Chapter 3 of the City of South Padre Island <clears throat> Code of Ordinances as recommended by the Ad Hoc Committee. Uh, Wendy Delgado is not here, so Ed, if you can sure. help us out with this. The, um, the item on the agenda is to approve a draft of uh, some minor revisions made to Chapter 3, which were recommended by the Ad Hoc Committee. Chapter 3, briefly, is a very short chapter involving animals. Um, I'll get into a couple details, but let me just backtrack about the ad hoc committee was formed by the city council and involved as the staff members and members of the public, including myself, who've reviewed every chapter and um, of, of every code of the city code and uh, recommendations were made, you know, to, to change and revise or delete certain portions of it. Uh, and what we have here now is a draft to approve some revisions to Chapter 3. And, and the plan would be to, once all the chapters are, are drafts are approved, then we'd go back on two readings of a final new code of ordinances. Um, so Chapter 3 involves animals, uh, leash laws, vaccination rules, rabies provisions, animal bites, requirement of cleaning up after animals, provisions about barking dogs, and crying cats, um, and there's really just a few minor changes. We did have one, uh, sections 323 and 324 regarding requiring cats on leashes were, uh, was deleted because we had recently passed an ordinance to eliminate that. Um, but there's just otherwise, there's just a few other minor, minor changes. But I will remind everyone that it's still unlawful to ride a horse, mule, donkey, or any animal through the beaches or the streets of South Padre Island. We appreciate that okay, very much. Thanks. Thank you. No chickens, no fowl, turkey, geese. There's there's some movement in the state yeah. legislation right now. Every year now there's a bill introduced regarding fowl birds. All right. Um, this is just approval of the draft, and again, we could come back and make other changes if, if you know, it's deemed necessary at some other point. And uh, Chapter Four, which is the building code, which would be more extensive, would be up next. Thank you. Uh, does anybody have any questions? No, that was my only question. Was about the cats on the leash. So good that you. Yeah, that was eliminated of yeah, I think a few months ago. Huh? I'll make a motion. <clears throat> Excuse me. To approve the draft of the chapter of chapter three. Second. Okay, and just to remind everybody that the reason we're just approving the draft is because we're going to do one big ordinance change at the very end. At so, the end. Uh, any other one discussion? chapter at a time. <clears throat> yes. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Uh, raise your hand. Opposed. Thank you. Joe seconded it. All right. Now, I guess this is why we have so many people here in the audience. We'll go to 6.4, which is public hearing to discuss the request 
the request to, to rezone lot to block 168 Padre Beach subdivision section 11 from neighbor NT neighborhood transition character zone to PBN Padre Boulevard North character zone. Uh, this is request is by Carolyn SBI LLC hospital or SBI hospitality LLC. Mayor of City Council, Alex Sanchez, Public Works Director. Um, this property is located on Caroline Street. And we're going to let Alex here give a little presentation. Hmm. And then once he's done with this presentation, we'll ask people to line up over here to speak in favor or against. Thank so, you. Then we were trying to re, uh, replant uh, lots two, three, and four, so they had to re ask for a rezone, and uh, Party Boulevard North uh, is most reasonable uh, request. So they were trying to get the neighborhood crossing to Party Boulevard North character zone for a hotel motel. Uh, Planning Commission met on February 16th, and they recommended for denial. There was one email against the request. So this is the replat, uh, three lots into one. And what would happen is that you would have 40 uses that were not allowed in NT zone. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but just so you can see. Mm -hmm. And then the next uh, zone would be uh, District C the one on the, on the bottom, and that one, the difference between them is that on uh, C, they would, it doesn't allow for impact lots and the permanent makeup applications. That's it. Okay. If anybody in the audience is here to speak in favor or against, please stand up and, and approach the mic and state your name, please. You're the first one up. How's it going, City Council and Mayor? Uh, my name is Nikesh Patel, and this is my father, Dan Patel. We're the owners of that the property, and we're here to talk about that. Well, I think we're out of all the three lots, we were just trying to rezone lot two. And lot two only permits parking like townhomes and all that. So now we redrew read, read the, the design. We're merely ex trying to extend our, our lodge, the Hell Delphine Lodge, to add 20 more rooms. And uh, so lot three and four is part of the Padre Boulevard. So lot two is the only one that needs to be rezoned, but we decided just to use it as a parking lot. So we're not asking you to change the rezone. So you're, you're withdrawing your request to yes. rezone? No, we are, yes. So we are going to only construct on lot three, and four. lot three and four. And lot two, the one that's in the question, we're going to use it as a parking lot, which is, which is okay with the city. Okay. Uh, Alex, if you could help me out here, try to understand this. If they just build on three and four, which is already zoned that way, and two is a parking lot, does that qualify for neighborhood transition zone? Yes, sir. 
So they're asking basically to withdraw their application? It appears that they're withdrawing their, their request. I want to make sure that this is correct, the, that you are withdrawing your application to rezone lot two yes. to Padre Boulevard North. Yes. Okay, with that, then... Um, it's Well, yeah, but uh, if anybody else wants to speak, but uh, we're, we're going to pull number 6.5 at that point in time because the application's been withdrawn. So if anybody wants to speak, okay. Larry. Excuse me. Council, Mayor, Manager. Uh, I am a resident adjacent to that property and have been in contact with the neighborhood community over the past couple of weeks and there is definite opposition to Number one, any type hotel, motel structure being built there. Uh, for the, the main reason and the concern is additional traffic, additional uh, high density occupation of property, additional lighting that is an effect and influence over the whole area. And <clears throat> we met we, uh, with the boarding, uh, excuse me, the zoning board two weeks ago. And presented, uh, you know, our opposition against it, presented a petition with 17, 18 signatures from the adjacent property owners, and the zoning board uh, denied it unanimously. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I would like some clarification, if I could, on the ability to use lot two as a parking lot. Yeah. I will direct this to, to legal counsel who's sitting up here because that's definitely not my role. I would too. I would actually direct it to Alex if that fits the, the use of a parking lot. Otherwise, they would have to go back to B and Z and start the whole process over, in, in my opinion. I understand. Neighborhood transition? It's permitted with uh, conditions. Permitted with conditions. And what are, what? What are the what conditions? Are the conditions? They are screening conditions. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, they have to put bushes or a fence around it or whatever it might be. Okay. Uh, to that point, the parking lot that is adjacent to the Aldertine Hotel, that was uh, an, ex an exemption to the, the, the zoning at the time to allow that lot to be used as a parking lot. I think that's the way that they accommodated the, the uh, permission to build the building and the hotel at that time. And if perimeter... Uh, if perimeter shrubbery or plants are necessary, then the existing parking lot is not a good example of that uh, compromise because it sh it shutters nothing. But <clears throat> I agree, and I think planning and zoning will be looking at parking issues and some other stuff coming up here. And, and they've asked for some work, and so we're going to give them some work. Yeah. Um, but the other point is, I think it's very clear that the, the zoning is in place for a purpose. And if you go back to the 2015, if I'm not mistaken, uh, commission that set forth the current zoning, they, they did that to replace a patchwork quilt of zoning throughout the city to make it more, uh, more unique, more homogenous, and to create buffer zones between commercial property and residential property. And I think that if you go willy-nilly changing zoning here and there just to accommodate a particular request, then you just you shoot yourself in the foot in terms of maintaining you know, any zoning at all. 
But if they're pulling their application, nobody's asking for a zoning change, no. correct? Am I can, getting confused? Right. I mean, they're, they'll be in compliance because those the zoning is already in place to allow them what they want to do. Right. Let me yeah. Let me just simplify this just to make sure we're on the same path. They're they're withdrawing their request to rezone lot two, and they've represented that they're going to use lot two as parking. We just asked Alex, and he's of the opinion that parking is a allowable use under the current current uh, code without any type of variances or any type of rezoning. Correct with with a condition of screening. Right, which is right. which is the same that they did on twelve just, A block one seven. Just want to try to simplify everything, and because they're withdrawing the requests and the use that now they plan to use lot two four would be allowed under the under the code. Just clarity, we'll have, go ahead and have 6.5 and just vote it down or, or up or whatever it might be, um, just so that we can have it on the record because there's Correct. Some that's a good idea. Sorts of stuff. Yes. Just one more thing. At the boarding, uh, the meeting with the zoning board, there was all, also the mention of a request to combine those three lots into one lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that still proposed? No, they pulled it. Um, they want to take lot two, but may if you'll entertain a motion. I can't right now. We're in public hearing. We'll have to go to the next item. Right now, we're in the, the public hearing portion in six six point five. Yeah, we're still in six point four, which is the public hearing. So, will they still need a replat? I guess is his question, or are they going to still? Yeah, they, they would have to go. They, they're to, to build across four and three. They would have to go to a replat and replat that together. Because we don't allow buildings to cross property lines like some other cities do, uh, but they would not have to replat two with three and four if they were just keeping it at a parking lot. But they did next door at twelve A. They re they replatted lots. Uh, I don't know which the former lots that are now twelve A. They replatted it all into one lot, but the the original two in the back that were neighborhood transition zone stayed neighborhood transition zone because the, the zoning will doesn't change with the replat. It, it stays the same. So I was just going to yeah. say, so if they did they, the rezoning, then uh, that, that back 50 feet would three still, and four still can be used in the same manner. Way. Yes. Well, okay. I, to that point, I would just ask if it, if that's sensible development for the island to put additional high density, uh, you know, high occupancy kind of structure there. Increase traffic, increase the noise level, increase the lighting uh, effect on the neighborhood, etc. And, so, and and I understand what you're what you're trying to say. Unfortunately, that's not what we're we're here to discuss today. But um, again, I think planning and zoning is going to be relooking at a lot of lot of things um, down the road. Um, but unfortunately, we're just here to, to look at the rezoning of Lot 2, 168 at this time. Um, so. Well, they're not going to rezone it. Right. But I'm saying that the only oh. thing that was in question was Lot 2's rezoning yes, of yes, 168. Yes, 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 yes. So. The question is the use of the three lots. Will that be. Well, the, the, un, un, right now, Lots 5, 6, 4, and 3. Are and 11, 7, 8 are all neighborhood, are all Padre Boulevard North zoning. And so it's been zoned that way since form based code was passed and make up the year 2013, 2012, 11, something like that. 
Um, and, and so the owner has, the owner of that property has whatever uses are allowed in that zoning to do. And, and we're not talking about changing any zoning in Padre Boulevard North right now. Um, so it's kind of like how it is, it's our, our hands are kind of, you know, limited on what, what we're looking at here. Um, do you have anybody? No, I just okay. asked you to give us consideration. Thank you. Yes, no, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Larry. Anybody else from the audience have anything to say? For, against? Neither? Okay, we'll move on to 6.5, which is a discussion action regarding the request to rezone Lot 2, Block 168, Padre Beach Subdivision, Section 11, from Neighborhood Transition Character Zone to Padre Boulevard North Character Zone, asking by, well, was asked, the application was by Carolyn SBI Hospitality, LLC. Uh, we've heard from the owner that they would like to withdraw this, and so probably would be best to have a ordinance, or I mean, a motion to deny the request, I guess, from the owner's standpoint and, and whatever it might be. To deny. Is there a second? Yeah, I'll second that. Okay. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all in favor, please say aye. Or raise your hands. Aye. Opposed. <laughs> Motion carries. It's like riding a bike. I'll get used to it at some point in time. All right. Next up is item 6.6, .6, which is a public hearing to discuss the request to rezone Lot 11, Block 79, Padre Beach Subdivision, Section 6, from District C, Business District Fire Zone, to Padre Boulevard Central Character Zone, by Michael Angel Acosta, is the owner. Yes, this property is uh, located on Campeche. Uh, the Padre Boulevard Central and uh, District C, the uses are the same. The only difference is, and the, they're basically wanted to subdivide it from three lots into two lots. And that's the plat right there. And the only difference is that the setbacks would be five feet on a local street, and District C is 25 feet. So the- That's a pretty big difference. Yes, planning and zoning recommended uh, to deny the request. Okay, is there anybody here in the audience to uh, speak in favor or against said rezoning? Okay, we got a race. <laughs> My name's Lorna Putnam. I'm a resident on Campeche, and um, I have a petition that several of the residents, homeowners, um, have uh, signed, hoping, asking you to deny the request um, for rezoning. We feel that um, it would basically impede on the neighborhood zone. There would be more um, traffic, noise, etc. as far as interruptions in our daily lives. Um, so anyway, I have that, have that copy here. I don't know if there's and, anything you want to add. And I have a, a copy here in front of me. Okay, thank you. Which I was going to read if, if, if you didn't come up here to present it. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah, <laughs> I'm by no means a public speaker, but thank you. Thank you, Councilman. And, and basically this petition has seven 
individual owners, but a total of nine, 10, 11 signatures, but like seven residential lots or, or homes or whatever it might be. A majority of them are in 200 block of um, Campeche with one at 108 West Campeche. Um, Mayor, can we make sure that's part of the record at the, with the city secretary, that petition once the, regarding this item, once it's concluded? I'll give it to you so you can add it to the record. Thank you. Okay. Is there anybody else in the audience that wishes to speak in favor or against said rezoning proposal? Uh, good afternoon, uh, city mayor, uh, council members. My name is Joe Vasquez. I'm with Vasquez Surveying. We're the surveyor representing the, the owner who... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see him here. Uh, basically, the, the, the intent of this development is to uh, create a, a, a multifamily uh, structure on both on both sides that we've uh, presented to the to the PNC. Um, the question, of course, was the setbacks that uh, I believe there was confusion uh, during the planning and zoning commission meeting. Um, the intent here was for the developer to. Uh, Prepare these structures, uh, multifamily structures on, on both sides. Of course, that uh, zoning uh, lies and separates this property and it's right adjacent to each other. So, because they own uh, all three lots, they wanted to make. They wanted to have the same zoning, but really, if they were doing part, if they're doing multifamily, they were probably going to use the first 25 feet for parking anyway, because there's nowhere else to park. What they wanted to use, based on my understanding, is that they wanted to make parking not below the structure. Uh, that's my understanding. But I don't know if you can do parking on that 25-foot setback. I mean, typical car, that's what everybody else does. Uh, I was parking. told that on another lot. I don't know, Alex maybe can answer that, but I was told that you can't do a parking in that 25-foot. Every home on South Padre Island has a driveway that's in the 25-foot Well, I know, back. but that this changed in 2018. Commercial, you can be able to pull up right to your front door and everything. Yeah, that you can have parking all the way to your property line unless... Now, the right-of-way entrance is limited to a certain number of feet. Okay. But, but the, the actual front... I guess I'm con I got yeah. confused because I had asked about another lot in the same situation and was told that that 25 feet, it couldn't even be parking. No, the front 25 feet. Is, uh, is. Uh, the owner is here. He can answer that question more right. into depth than we can. We're, we're the ones providing the information. I understand. You know, so he can we're, elaborate more on that situation. We appreciate Hello, it, Mr. Vasquez. Good evening. Um, so, yeah, I know there's probably some confusion. So the idea would be on the, just to clarify, the setbacks on the sides for District C is five feet. Um, on each side, and on PBC is zero. Zero, so yeah. Yeah, our idea is with, with fireproofing and all exactly. sorts of fun stuff. Um, so our idea would be we want to put it to zero on uh, on the the weather we want to rezone. We would still leave three to five feet uh, space because of, of the rezoning for the pretty much just for fire safety. Um, it's still going to require it. The other thing is on the front, um, the, reason, the setback is 25 feet right now. We would set it back um, 10 feet, actually. It's not five feet in the front, so it's a different of 15 feet. Um, the other option, also, the other thing also, um, pretty much in that area, 
um, in the front, there is pretty much a, a lot. Well, there it used to be a golf course, a mini golf course, and they pretty much, uh, right now, they're pretty much selling it. So when it comes to the traffic, it would probably be more on the traffic. Um, it wouldn't really affect the traffic on the, on the Padre Boulevard side, since there's really not, other than one residence right next to it um, on that block. And then right next to it, to the other three, the other two lots is a water burger. So there's not a lot of, um, I guess, development in that area. Across, uh, as you go further down Campeche, there is more, obviously, more development in that area. But based on that area right there, it's pretty much undeveloped, other than that residence that's there for that block. Um, I don't know if you guys have any concerns or questions. Also, on the parking, um, the parking, it would actually have an under uh, car garage. Okay. Um, okay. Anybody from the board have any questions or? I have lots of concerns with this. Especially lot 12. Lots. I mean, there's, there's a reason we have those buffer zones there going into residential areas. Um, once we replot it, he can change the design and put anything in there he wants. Well, it, it, it's commercial right now. But I know, yeah, but it doesn't. It's the big deal. <laughs> yeah, retail. Commercial non retail. Yeah, but the setbacks is. is yeah, the, set, is, the difference is five feet on the sides and uh, the front, which would be the 20, which would be 15 feet. Feet, 15 feet of difference from what it is right now on the other two lots. The uses are the same. It's the setbacks. Right. And, and, and planning and zoning denied this, and we have apparently an adjacent property owner who's not in favor of it as well. Um, Would that be lot 12? I, or it, four, it's, two? Or? 108 West Campeche. I was trying to pull up an aerial photo, but I didn't, I didn't, yeah. didn't get to it. I'd be concerned. Like Bahama, lot 2, 1A, 1B. Lot 12 on Kombachi. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, anybody else have any questions? Anybody else from the public like to speak on this matter? Okay. Then we'll move to item number 6.7, which is discussion and action regarding the request to rezone Lot 11, Block 79, Padre Beach Subdivision, Section 6, from District C, Business district fire zone to Padre Boulevard central character zone. Uh, Michael Angel Acosta is the owner. Um, I'll make a motion to deny a request. Second. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I understand what you're trying to do. And, and my, my concern is, is that you've got the neighborhood association or the neighborhood has your adjacent owners have, have requested it not, and then also the Planning and Zoning Board um, rec you know, uh, recommended denial. Um, I think, anyway. All in favor of denying the request, raise your hand. Opposed? I think Mr. Matters seconded. Yeah, Matters seconded. All right. Speak up, Matters. That mister, I'm going to show a little respect here. <laughs> we'll go to 6.8, which is consideration and possible action regarding the appeal of the applicant, Mene, uh, Mene uh, Amoya of 
the denial by the design standard review task force for the application's request for a variance to install an additional monument sign on the property located at 1601 Padre Boulevard, which is lot one, block seven, Sunny Isles subdivision, formerly known as Chaos. Good evening, uh, Mayor, Council, George Martinez, building official. Um, yeah, so it's uh, basically what the, uh, they're asking for a variance to um, add a six by 10 monument sign to be located in the corner of Pottery Boulevard, Pottery Boulevard and Marisol Street. And uh, you could find a picture, an example there on page 331 of uh, the, uh, the, the added monument sign. They already have one, they were approved for one already, a monument sign based on the city ordinance but they're asking for a request for another one uh, on that location. Um, that's that meeting, and it seemed to me that the board was maybe not opposed to them having the second monument sign as long as it complied with city regulations. And they asked for it to be brought back, shown in the size and everything to, in city regulations. So that's what I took away from the meeting is that um, they were willing to approve it as long as it complied. Is that what? They actually denied it, and this yes. is an appeal from the denial. Right. But that was the conversation is what I'm saying when I watched the meeting. So this brings up an interesting concept. Um, how do you define what a multi-tenant building is versus uh, a regular commercial building? It's like a commercial building for a single business only gets a 50-foot square foot sign but the multi-tenant gets 72 but if i like set up a, let's say i i run a retail shop and then i rent <laughs> bicycles and set up a separate business to rent bicycles and i set up a separate llc to rent beach chairs let's say now all of a sudden am i a multi-tenant building i mean there's there's a you do have to apply for that uh change of occupancy or you're adding an occupancy to that it still goes through the uh, building inspections fire department make sure that you are capable of doing that uh, but once you I'm, do, I'm just trying to, yeah, to know this so process. once we uh, once it's approved as you know separate business separate entity then it goes into the multi-tenant right so now here you have a candy store and then going uh, in the well so that's already two right there and then they have a, a place for the third one so that's already a multi-tenant uh, under the city ordinance, you get one monument sign. They, That's which 72 they got, square feet. That, they got that one approved. Each side. They okay. got one approved. Um, on city ordinance, you get one. Now they want an extra one. Uh, and you can see it there on page 331, the height and the width and everything, location. That would be in compliance with the form-based code. I'm Basically, sorry, it's a shorter uh, uh, sign at uh, six feet high, uh, 10 foot wide. What page? I'm sorry. What I'm page? sorry. I, I have 331 I'm, on mine. I don't know. Okay. Ours is different. I'm sorry. Okay. So the monument sign can be 16 feet from the average grade, and it's got to be 15 feet from the right of way. But but isn't the issue, Mayor, that not the size, but the fact that they want two of them instead of one? Right. The issue is they're asking for two. Where's the first one? <clears throat> Was the first one's up in the air. The first one's on the building. of the board, it, they weren't denying the second sign. Oh, okay. They were in the whale. 
they weren't denying the second sign from the conversation I heard. They were saying come back with it complying with the city regulations. The wheel's not being so the first sign is on the south side, right? Mm -hmm. and, and from the angle that, that we're seeing here, the building is blocking it or the whale is blocking it. One of the two. That whale that got out a little bit farther beyond that building than what we, we thought it was going to anyway. Um, okay. There's also a light pole. Yeah, I thought he was talking about the, uh, the light, the new uh, big the poles. Yeah. What? One light, there's one light pole, but it's located in front of the whale. So right. that doesn't so affect driving, the signs. Well, if you're driving from south to north, it, it, it might impede it, right? It yeah. might, you know, but that's, that was what they were asking for. That's why they wanted a variance for another one. Mm -hmm. um, this this sign would be in compliance with the uh, form-based code. If they didn't have already a previous sign. Sir? If they didn't already have the other sign. Be in compliance if they didn't have already one sign. Correct. Because they're asking for a second yeah, sign. Yes, and the ordinance says you can only get one sign. Right. So, yes, this sign, this sign meets the code if they didn't have that first sign. That's correct. Okay. Um, Thoughts is we allow this, and there's going to be a string of other buildings want to put up a second monument. Well, I think there's going to be a string of businesses that are going to have separate entities in there to make their sign bigger, to be yeah. honest. We've already seen that in one of the other locations. So, um, yes, I, I want to add something just to clarify sure. the form based code allows two monument signs, but they're six foot. But when they went to the multi tenant, now they're in the regular. So that's where the where they're asking the variance. Because the form-based code doesn't have a variance for multi-tenants, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Or they could lower, if they wanted to go back the other way, they could put two signs up and make them smaller and do whatever it might be. They have the space. So they have, they have options and they have remedies under form-based code, correct? But they already okay. got approved for the other one, so this is their only other option. Or they could I mean, resubmit and go both in the other direction. Right. So, um, I don't know. Does anybody else have any questions or is there a motion? Sorry, I didn't see you back there. How you doing? Pretty good. Many Amoyal, I ask for this. I just want to clarify some stuff that you are talking. When we, this is, this is like a, when we pull up the permit, me personally, I go with the architect and I ask him about, we, we want to put like two marquee signs each one. In, in one block, you, you could put like a two signs. And they told us, yes, you can put it, it's no problem. Like the CVS right now that they have across the street from that. And I took that as, a, as, as, as example. And then, when the guy came, like I think it was six months ago or something like that, uh, the sign guys told him go to the city, get a permit. This is included. He go to the city. They told him yes, you can do. You can do. You can do two signs. I pay him for the for that. One of the signs that right now what you're talking about the 16 foot the, for the Sugar Kingdom, it's already made. He's supposed to install it yesterday. I told him just to wait. But it's already made. I cannot, uh, cannot cut it or something like that. And what we ask is what they agreed to us from the beginning, because this is, it's not like it's a new building or something that you can. Uh, right now, what's happening, the, 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 the building is, uh, is like, I don't know, 10 feet from the, from the street. 
And you're not going to see the others. You're not going to see the sign. You know, it's the only way it's to put it there. And that's what I'm asking. And uh, you guys all been, you see what, what we've been through this building. And we, it's, hey, it's the building different. looks great. It, look, it yeah, looks thank great. You guys. I really want it to look it better. That. So I need this time. <laughs> I wanted to know that the people coming from the south, they're not going to see any sign. And you can drive and see that. So the, the, from my understanding, the issue is, is that you can have one monument sign per lot, but no more than two per lot if they are separated by 100 feet, limited to a maximum of 50 square feet per sign face and six foot high. And... and so you do have the ability to put two. Yeah, but it's just they can't they can't be higher than six feet because they're they're the form based code was trying is trying to get away, although some people have found loopholes by multi tenant buildings, was to get away with high signs and to make people have lower signs, like we did with the you know, the holiday inn down on the south end of the island, they, they went through all sorts of problems with, and they still kept theirs at six foot high and multi-tenant or maybe whatever it is. Um, yes, but what's happened, we have a sign in, in the back of it. Where we have right now the sign, we have it. And they have store, I don't want to say name, but you go and they, they know what I'm talking about. They have some signage that they want to put, like they add another, uh, uh, another uh, building next to that. So they leave the, the big sign that's 16 foot and they make him to do the, the six foot. That's what I want exactly. But you could also do a blade sign or something like that on the building that, that would be, that would qualify and you're just going to make it 30 square feet. So, I mean, a blade sign is where it's attached to the building. Yeah, we have that. You have that too. This is, it's high, but, but somebody when you drive, you can see it from there. So you have a blade sign on the north side of the building coming in? We have in the south, probably they're going to put also in the north, yes. Okay, so you'll you have get, signage. And then you get, but then you can put also a sign on the side of the building that could be up to 125 square feet. So you don't, I mean, there, you have multiple options of where you could put a sign on that building. No, I don't. When do you, people, you have a wall sign, you can do a monument sign, you can do a window sign, you can do a building blade sign, you can do a tenant blade sign, a marquee sign. I mean, that's a that's what a lot do you mean, of Mar options. Mar I cannot put in in the south. This is what I want. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We're not talking about. No, thank you. And again, thank you for making that building. It looks great. We really appreciate that very much. And I know the the residents and the visitors appreciate it as well. So I guess my question is, if if I'm hearing that the owner said that he was told from the beginning. That he could do the signs that way, and now he's being told he can't. Is that well, one sign is way high up in the air, or or not? No. They told me in the beginning two high signs, not one as small and one. I was there with the with Roberto, and I took like CVS. CVS is not uh, management. It's not six foot. It's uh, fifteen or sixteen foot. And I asked them. They told me yes. And by the way, when the guy can go to this. You know what's happening? It's uh, it's not. I know, I'm not complaining to to the guys that here. They, in the past two years, when we start building, 
you know how many people change in the, in the building oh, yeah. department, and it's kind of got a lot of confusions. And this is one of it. They told, I was in the meeting, and before we do that, and they told us, yes, you can do that. And that's it, this is what I'm asking. They told us the 16 foot. Now I'm not asking two 16 foot, I'm asking to add another six foot. And I, if you think it's fair, yes, I think it's uh, fair to, to have that. At least that, and by the way, I pay for that. So if, and the guy already made that. So if not, I'm gonna lose that. This is, by the way, just uh, any question? I'm here. Thank you. So was he told that he could do two signs? Uh, I don't know who he spoke to or who he talked to. But well, I understand, you know, the architect said he could, but the architect yeah. didn't review our ordinances. Mm -hmm. So we're not yeah. liable for what his architect well, did. Okay. I want to remind okay. City Council, I want to remind City Council that we had Different uh, building official back then. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand and that. Writing. I, um, I, not that I know. Do we have a, a, a application of all the signage that that has been applied for or will be applied for this building? Because I guess that's what I would like to know is if you know, let's say we do the monument sign, then the next thing you know, you've got wall signs going up, you got window signs going up, you got blade signs going up, tenant, you know, I, I would like to kind of see like what the overall picture of the signage proposal is and say, okay, you know, maybe someone's giving up the wall sign for the monument sign, or maybe someone's giving up a blade sign versus a monument sign. I mean, and because a blade sign on the wall or a wall sign, I mean, that thing could be huge. It could be up to 125 square feet. Um, and so I, I'm just trying to, you know, figure they out. A, they have been approved for two, two wall signs. Uh, so they already have uh, Joan on the well, they have the, the wall sign, and then the candy store, they already applied for a wall sign. And so based on the... Uh, uh, well, I, best, I guess in my mind, I would want to see what all the signage is Okay. So that so that we could properly consider this because, yeah, uh, I mean at least that's what I feel like. But I don't. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the board. But I'd like to know. How about if we table? Uh, how about if we table it for a meeting and see if we can come and get some renderings? Yeah, what like see the of what the complete signage package. will be on the package or on the building? And I'd also like to go down there and see what the the fir that first. I, I haven't been paid attention to where that first monument sign is and how it's blocked. If there's any. Hardship there because of the pole. I don't know. Oh, uh -huh. so I'd say you table made, it. You made a comment at the time of the beginning of this hearing about the whale. <coughs> right. Okay. When the whale was conceived, I was sitting there in the board meeting. Mm -hmm. That whale was supposed to be back up against a building, not sticking out. Right. Someone would like to go research that. I like that research at the same time that uh, when they when they bring the other information back. It's kind of water under the bridge. Yeah. It's built, but I mean, if, 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 if you want to make a motion and, and you get support on it, I mean, I would agree yeah. with that. Make a motion to table the item. Yeah, I'll go along with table. Okay. Um, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Raise your hand. Um, 
All right, let's bring it back on the next meeting and let's get a, a, a real good picture of, of what all is happening there yep. so that we can try to be as helpful as, as, as we most as, as we can. So, yes, all right, then we'll move to 6.9, which is discussion and possible action to approve pickleball design concept phase two. Uh, this is for Rico and Schwartz. It's for a tournament court, bathrooms, and parking. Anything else? Nope. All right, well, this is your items. I don't know which one of you all want to do a presentation, or you want John to do it. John can do it. Rico and I want to play pickleball. There you <laughs> go. I got some rackets in, the, in at my house. I'll let you borrow them. <laughs> Get your own. Good evening, uh, City Council. Yeah. Um, as you know, we've got the starter pickleball court over there. Uh, we've got two two courts that have been a uh, amazing success. Uh, the people there are seven days a week all the lighted hours of the day. There we go. <clears throat> um, here's our second phase of uh, pickleball um, courts. Uh, there would be two, two more courts, uh, exactly the same of what we have. There would be a space between them. And then there would be a new tournament court that's 44 by 74 foot and um, ADA bathrooms. And we have some ADA bathroom pictures. Uh, excuse me. Something very simple, um, just uh, very minimal. And here's some uh, examples of them. You said you can build them in-house? Hmm? You said you could build it? Yes, yes. Well, they have to hire a plumber and electrician. Yeah. Well, And here's another, here on the left is basically the, the layout of it. you need two or do you just need one? I need one. Mm. A lot of people, there were, we were there today, there was 25 people there. I mean, I, I know tennis, I know they marks with six tennis courts, they don't even have a bathroom. Uh, probably two is going to be a better, um, to keep it clean. Um, Keep it clean so they can dirty up the one, and then they get to go over and dirty up the other one, and then they'll yeah. come by in the morning and clean it. I won't go down that line, but whatever. some are known, known to be a little sloppier than the others. I'll make a motion to approve the pickleball court design concept for phase two. I'll second. And uh -huh. these are going to be, we talked about that, these are going to be done... And these, they also, they also have the coatings on all of the courts. Um, all, all five courts will have the all-weather coating uh, color choices also, too. But these are going to be connected Hopefully the, like we talked about, right? No, we need the drainage. We need you gotta, the... You've got to get water off those things. You've got to have water yes. to go somewhere. So that's the reason the having the spaces between the courts is to, uh, for drainage. Mm. You've got to have water. you got to be able to put water somewhere. And the pick, but y'all consulted with pickleball people, right? Yes, we have the association. There's two associations that are trying to win the pickleball wars, and they have conflicting opinions on court sizes uh, and whatever it might be. It's like the NFL and the USFL, and and, okay. and you know it gets into a whole little pickleball war, I guess, over who's yeah. going to be the champion of of the, well, the pickleball federation. And the challenge John's facing, he wants to get the project done but he can't get in there and work because there's people on the court so you can close the courts for a month right now right. And make a whole bunch of people upset or 
or, or, or hopefully find the, the hottest day in July and try to plant, so, plant some plants to die. Right now, I would think those people that would be there every day are kind of leaving to go yeah, home. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. thinning out. Yeah. Um, but come uh, November, we would have everything uh, done. And then uh, the, I failed to mention in the first round is that all of the courts will have coatings on them uh, now, very much like the basketball courts over at Tompkins. Hopefully the city colors that <laughs> Steve showed earlier. Well, um, Councilman Schwartz is a good pick of colors. No. <laughs> okay. We have a motion in a second, right? Yes. All in favor, please raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Now, we'll spend the money. Discussion and possible action to approve a budget amendment from the general fund's excess reserves in the amount of up to 150000 for the pickleball phase two development. Make a motion to approve up to 150000 out of excess reserves for the pickleball court phase two development. Second. Is there any other discussion? Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. Yep. Aye. Opposed? I wonder if Rodrigo's watching. <laughs> Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Update and note 6.11. Update and discussion and action regarding the results of the speed counters placed on Gulf Boulevard during February 7th and 13th through the 13th, 2023. Mayor, City Council, Alex Sanchez, Palo Works Director. Uh, we had four counters out there between the February 7th to the 13th. Uh, the 85 percentile was uh, less than 25 miles per hour. Uh, there did some, uh, there's false data in there too because of probably some shorter wheelbases. But overall, it, the average speed is 25 miles an hour. Yeah, and, and to explain what you're trying to say is that these things are cal calibrated for like a normal car, which is like maybe 12, the wheels are apart like 12 feet or 10 feet or whatever it might be. Well, we have these golf carts coming through there. They think these golf carts are going like 100 miles per hour because they've got a short distance between their two tires. And then the other issue that we had on a few of them is that, that when one signaled, it would, sing, it would start the timer on the next one to kind of get a, a grade of speed on that. Well, if someone turns left and someone turns right and gets right on it, we had one that someone said, or said it was going about 101 miles per hour. <laughs> yes, but, and, but and overall, it, it's... The data right. is showing that people are driving the 25 miles per hour. And there were some that were placed there at the, at the parking area, so a car might have parked right on the hose and... Right, and, and, and just stopped it right. and counting. So I'm glad you clarified that. So I was looking at this and seeing some of them that are going 80 to 99 miles an hour. It's like... Yeah, well, I mean, we know those golf carts can really move that quick, so... <laughs> Anyway, all right, uh, anybody else have any questions or comments? Thank you all for putting that out there, and uh, hopefully that eases the, the neighbor's, neighborhood's mind of, of how fast cars are moving around there. And we, appreci we appreciate the police department also keeping an extra eye on it, so thank you very much. Thank you. All right, then we'll go to 6.12, which is discussion and possible action to approve the shade over the basketball court and the solar lighting design concept for John L. Tompkins Park Phase 3 grant to be sent to the Texas Parks and Wildlife for review. Debbie Huffman, Debbie. Parks and Recreation Manager. Um, 
in 2021, we were awarded a grant from the Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, for phase three of John L. Tompkins Park. Uh, phase three will include solar lighting in a pavilion over the basketball court. Um, here's the site plan, just the solar lighting and um, shade over the basketball court. Um, in your packet, you'll see a proposal from Spanco Building Systems, um, and it, that's in your packet. It would be a, um, a shade over the basketball uh, pavilion. It has five still-framed concrete pilings on each side of the basketball court with an arch standing seam steel roof. Um, we could enter this project in through um, the TIPS, which is a, a buying co-op. Uh, the lighting plan consists of 10 lights um, around the, the park, 10 solar lights. Um, two, of, two lights were added to make 10 in the skate park area, one to light up the bowl and one to light up the other side. Um, and that was at the request of the Parks and Keep SPI Beautiful Committee uh, because the people that are doing the skateboarding uh, really want to be utilizing that at nighttime when it's cooler. Uh, when it's cooler. Um, our budget for the project was $250,000, $125,000 from Texas Parks and Wildlife, and $125,000 matching funds. Um, the solar lighting plan with installation came in around uh, $33,000. That shade pavilion came in a little high at uh, $296,000, with the project totaling $329,000. That's $79,000 over budget. Which we will have to absorb 100% of it because the grant stops at 125. Right. And today we're not asking for a budget amendment, but we just want to know if we should go forward with this to submit to Texas Parks and Wildlife. Um, every, I, I give an update to Texas Parks and Wildlife every three months um, on where we are with our project. Uh, we finished phase two in July of 2022. And so we started to get this one focusing on this one. And with a few uh, setbacks, uh, we got the proposal from Spanco in January. This went to the, uh, to the Parks and Keep SPI Beautiful Committee in February. And, and they uh, approved it to move forward um, and get your opinion. So right now what we're looking to do is to submit these plans to Texas Parks and Wildlife for approval, or we can start fresh. So. I'd like to make a motion to approve the Shade structure and solar light concept for phase three. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. Anybody have any other discussion? My kid is going to be so mad when he sees this when he comes home <laughs> next year. All right. All in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Now we'll go to 6.13. Uh, discussion and action regarding the Beach and Dunes permit application for 8242 Breakers Boulevard. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, Christina Baberka, Shoreline Director, sorry. Um, they, uh, the applicant is, uh, has applied to construct a single family home. Part of their permit application includes a full mitigation plan for the sand impacts as well as temporary and permanent vegetation. This has been reviewed by city staff, by the GLO, and their comment letter is attached in the packet, as well as Shoreline Task Force on February 14th, and they had recommended approval. Okay. Christina. I'll make a motion to, well, I'll make a motion to approve. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. 
Joe, go ahead. How many of the home, do most of the homes down there have walkovers or accesses like that? Some of them have um, paths that interconnect. Um, there's, I don't think there's any walk, there's a. Does everybody have their own or they join? They interconnect. They this merge? one, uh. yeah, most of them merge. This one would not have its own, so it would interconnect with the current path. Okay. Thank you. All right. Anybody else have any questions? All right. Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next up is item number 6.14, which is discussion and action on the bids that were received for Sea Island Circle Amenities Improvement Project partially funded by the CMP, our Coastal Management Program, Cycle 26. So we originally went out to bid um, at the end of 2022. We had received one bid, um, but they did not acknowledge the addendum, one of our addendums, so we had to go out for bid again at the beginning of this year. We closed early on that bid early February, and we received three bids. Um, one from West Star at five, just over 599,000. Second from Bryan Industrial Services, just over 662,000. And then NM and contracting um, just over, or just under, or right around $787,000. Um, city staff, our engineering firm, and Shoreline Task Force has reviewed the bids and the qualifications of all contractors. Um, this, these were reviewed on the Shoreline Task Force meeting on February 14th, as well as yesterday, February 28th. Um, there was a lot of discussion on it, but um, Shoreline Task Force, again, had reviewed the bids in the companies and recommended that Bryan Industrial Services is the most qualified, the lowest, most qualified and experienced bidder for this project um, because they are, out of all three, they're the only ones that has the coastal constructing um, experience. I'd like to make a motion to accept the Shoreline Task Force um, recommendation. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. Is there any discussion? So Shoreline's reviewed as the engineers have met and everyone got together and said, okay, we like, we like Bryant Industrial Services on this and have faith in them. Mm -hmm. That meeting, Mayor, important, I can tell you um, that. and it's even though it's not the lowest bidder, it was the best value considering all criteria for the city, including experience and, and other items. Um, so that's why they went with Brian, and it was my opinion. I just want to make sure that that's noted because they're not the lowest bidder. Right, I understand that. That's why I was trying to ask for some I know. clarification as well because um, I wasn't at that meeting, wasn't able to watch it. I heard you had a fun one, though. That's great. Um, all right, we have a motion and a second. Is there any other questions? All right, hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand. Then say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next up is 6.15, which is discussion and possible action to approve change order number four for Laguna, Laguna Boulevard Street and drainage improvements. Let's talk about faith. All right. Mayor, City Council, Alex Sanchez, Public Director. Uh, this is change order number four, uh, which adjusted the field uh, quantities versus the plan quantities. Uh, this would be for phase one all the way to phase three. The total change is 15.2%. Uh, 
and the amount is for $259,133.06. They are also asking for an additional 60 days on this <laughs> change order. How many weather days have we had? I don't have that. You know, bad, you get rain, and then, you know, it has to wait to dry out or whatever it might be. I didn't see any rain today. Well, I understand that. It didn't see any there, work. There's been didn't some see rain. any work happening either. The thing also is, if we approve a change on the days, it would also affect the yeah, early it, completion. It, so right, it affects the five hundred dollars a day. Can you explain these? <laughs> it says remove asphalt paint. Like, wouldn't they do this anyways? Yes, it's correct. It's correct. It, it, it's it's correcting the quantity. No, so, I understand that, but it's yeah. they would. They're doing most of this stuff anyways, correct? It's just well, changing. Except the bid was based on quantity. So if you sell. No, I understand. No, I, no, I understand that. I, I understand the, the increase in price. My issue is the 60 days. Yeah, I, I just. Are we adding work or just correcting? No, correcting. But power. you also have weather days. Well, that's, but that's not what this says. It's 60 and, and, days. And for the we're weather adding, days. We're adding. We're not adding work. We're correcting. Parts of the design. So why do we have to have another sixty days? Right, and and they get credit eight hundred and fifty. I mean, let's. <laughs> yeah, they would get credit for the for the rain days. Well, so, the rain so days that that's not. Yeah, I don't find that relevant. But we're not adding work. We're just correcting some right. That's correct. Yeah. Elements of the design. So, so we why have, would we give them another sixty days? Well, just for, we're not in agreement, but okay, I'm not either. So just so well, yeah, because I was at the meeting on Friday, and we didn't. What I heard at the meeting on Friday was that we're we're like going to be on schedule. So now, just from Friday till now, that changed. You can go to a lot of those meetings. It's kind of how that thing works. Uh, so yeah. we have this 800. Well, let's say right now we have this 790 days. Okay. But you just made a comment that there's weather days on top of that? No, that we would deduct any weather days anyways. You, you would add? I mean add, yes. But do we have a count of how many weather yeah, days yes, we, we have? Yes, we do, but I don't have it with me. We, I'm kind of curious now because he said something. Well, Mayor, we also put a bonus structure in place for, oh, yeah, no, for no, no, finishing no. this early. If we add 60 days to it. That's a $300,000 Yeah, no. <laughs> <clears throat> They're already getting weather days now. They right. want another sixty. Thirty thousand. <laughs> Thirty thousand, probably. Um, Six-inch concrete intersections. Um, the original quantity was five hundred and twelve, and now the revised quantity is eight hundred and eighteen. Can you explain why such a big difference? That's a. Which item are you on? Uh, it's. Uh, it's only number well, eight. Uh, eight. Eight. I'm looking at or nine actually. Eight and nine. It's really just uh, to change a better thickness on the and rebar on the on the intersections, and okay. uh, they. It's really. Let me see. Um, five hundred and twelve versus five hundred fifty-seven. No, it's five, the original accounts were five. 512, 512 and 557, 57. and now the revised counts are 818. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong. 818 and, and 1388. That's a pretty Why do they substantial need to difference. So. They've changed some stuff. I'm fine. You all are fine with the number. Are you all fine with the dollar amount? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're just not fine with the days. Without the days. Okay. So what? Well, I think that could make it pretty easy. Yeah. 
someone would like to make a motion. I'll make a motion to accept the change order minus the extra 60 days. Okay. Is there a second? And to answer Carrie's uh, question. Well, let me get a second real quick, this, please. Second. Okay. Now go ahead. Okay. When you get to the end of the, uh, on the side streets, when you get to Laguna, when you stop there, we've uh, pushed back the concrete that's poured back to, to take the, the weight of the car, okay. basically. So you're stopping on all concrete. So originally, maybe it was like 12 feet, now it's 20 feet okay. or whatever it might okay. be. Okay, okay. You're setting the stop sign, you're setting on concrete. Before, it was like front tires would be on uh, concrete. Before, you're driving a golf cart, you would have been okay, but because you're driving a truck you, or a car, you now now you're on the asphalt. That's true. There you go. But it'll help the, uh, the, the road last longer. Okay, gotcha. Because you won't have that stop and start that goes on the asphalt. That also addresses removing curve and gutter phase three. Does that, is that impacted? Is that one of the other reasons? Because we extended the, the yes. side streets? Okay. And kind of let everybody know now the plan, from my understanding, is to combine the, the top for phase three and phase four, and they're going to do the asphalt all at once for that phase, but they're not going to do any of that stuff until they're not going to tear out the road until they have all the curbs and gutters and all that stuff in, correct? In the, in the, in the third lane or in the bike lane on the right-of-way. They're going to do all of the, the right-of-way right work, curb and gutter. They have done quite a bit of the underground And get the cliche in and everything else and get it to a level surface or, or limestone or whatever we're using because we've had some cars that have fallen in ditches and all but that we're, fun we're stuff. Gonna we're going to use the existing asphalt as long as we, we possibly can, can okay. before we take it out. Okay. Uh, for the sub-base or the base? Mm-hmm. Well, we have a motion and a second. Is there any other questions or discussion? I just want to make sure. Y'all are doing great. You know, Mayor. Sure. We are very clear on those 60 days do not go to the performance. We're not, ex we're not extending to, that. It's, a motion it, to approve the, is this change order excluding any additional days that have been applied for on this, this change well, order. So we keep the days at 790. Thank, yes. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Kim. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not exchange, I'm not understanding the exchange order at all, so I'll be voting no. Okay. <clears throat> All right, well, we have a motion and a second. If there's no other discussion, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Okay. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is item number 616, presentation and discussion and possible action to accept the Johnson Consulting Group's feasibility study of the convention center expansion. Blake. God, we got you on the front side and the back side. Uh. Say the best to Thanks last. for hanging in. Convention Center time. Blake Henry, CVB Director. Um, CVB wrapped up our Convention Center Expansion Feasibility Study with Johnson uh, Consulting recently. Program recommendations include uh, increasing the Convention Center's total square footage, about 141,000 gross square feet. Uh, it will include uh, adding 27,000 square feet to our XL, um, which will bring it up to 50,000, which we desperately need to stay competitive. Uh, adding a ballroom, uh, additional meeting room space, which we desper desperately need, and a black box theater. Uh, the, this expansion to our center will allow South Padre Island to accommodate more events, uh, especially youth sporting events, uh, association business, larger conventions and trade shows, um, and provide a viable platform for our growing arts community. 
Over the years, tourism obviously has increased, but our current state of our facility does not meet the demands of major state uh, regional conferences compared to other facilities. Bottom line, our destination, our island community, taxpayers and visitors need an updated and attractive convention center that is fully functional and ready for today's needs. Um, next steps in this process would be accepting this feasibility study, then authorizing an RFQ uh, process for design and architecture. You happy with it? Excited about it, absolutely. I'll make a motion to accept the study. I'll second. Looks great. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a get start. Getting the start of, of hopefully getting some new sports tourism and all that fun stuff. Yes. It's, it's been a long time coming. It's been forty-eight months and one week since we put this. We started this. <laughs> well, it's been longer since the, the community voted on it as a venue tax item. So, there's months. Is there any other comments? Okay, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. Sweet. All right, then we'll move to 6.17, which is discussion and possible action to discuss the convention center expansion, including authorizing an RFQ for design services. Um, you have a motion? I'll make a motion to authorize city managers to put on RFQ for design services. Is there, okay. This is the next step. If there's any other questions or comments, all right, hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. Aye. All right, motions approved. Then we'll, we have the opportunity on 7.1, which is closed executive session pursuant to section 551.071, consultation with attorney 551.072, deliberation about real property. Um, a closed session will be held if someone makes a motion and a second, and we all vote for it. So Make a motion. Please raise your hand and say aye. Aye. Opposed? All right, let's go to it. It is 724. We're going to executive session. I don't think this will last more than about 10 minutes or so, so hopefully we'll be back out here to finish up this meeting. Thank you all.
second. All right. Any discussion? All right. Hearing none, all in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed? Adjourned. Motion carries. That's a, about a 20-item agenda, and it's 735, and we are out of here. Thank you all, and have a great day. Not bad.